I've been thoughtin' and boughtin' since I was a young little thing, okay? Oh my god, it was the most intense thing that ever happened to me. My life is a chaotic madness. <laughs> chaotic, chaotic, chaotic madness. Bitches, it's your girl Sasha Ray here, back at it again with another episode of Chaotic Madness. And I have the lovely Melrose Michaels. Hello. Hey, girl. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's only right. I mean, you did get me inspired to start a podcast. So. <laughs> oh, please stay inspired. It's not easy. <laughs> oh. I mean, it definitely not. If you guys could hear the, like, 10, 15-minute conversation we just had off-camera, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is a lot of work to run a podcast or any business, for that matter, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you want to do things the right way and your limited resources, and you don't know what the hell you're doing half the time, so you're just figuring it out as you go. That's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> day by day. <laughs> Well, I already know who you are, but let my five listeners <laughs> <laughs> know who you are. It is my pleasure. So uh, I'm Melrose Michaels. I'm an adult industry veteran for about 10 years now. Um, and I got started doing live webcam, moved into the fan site paywall space and clips. And uh, now I run a platform called sexworkceo.com, which is an educational resource for sex workers. And I'm very involved in sex work activism. Um, and I have a clothing line for sex worker by sex workers called Bentworthy. And I'm wearing it right now. No, and it looks good. Light promo. <laughs> I, I mean, you can see me on the website too. Mm-hmm. I was a campaign model. Thank she you very sure much. was. She sure was. I probably I almost died. That's <laughs> <laughs> all our secrets. I did not feed my models, and it nearly okay. cost me. <laughs> Listen, okay, being quarantined. Well, it's funny saying quarantine because in our profession, we are quarantined forever, all the time, forever. <laughs> So when the lockdown happened, it wasn't an adjustment where I have to now be home and not be able to go out or do anything. It was Mm -hmm. just the gym mainly for me. But I had not worked professionally in over like a year and a half. And I thought my fat ass hadn't worked out, wasn't energetic. All she did was lay in bed, watch TV and eat. Thought she could just hop right back in the game no. and be good. We we also no. got told that day that was a lot harder than any of us expected, I think. No water. We had no water. Mm-mm. Not because she didn't give us. Let me clarify. You're going to get me arrested for like labor law practices. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <laughs> it wasn't that she didn't give it us It was that water, the water was upstairs just... and there were stairs yes. in the way of the water. Yes. And it was, we were just in the mo. We were just go, 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 go. And then we went out afterwards. Oof. And then it was just no sleep. What's that TikTok where it's like no sleep? Uh, oh, yeah. Tilly Toy just you did know what this. You talking about? Yeah. Yes. yes. No sleep clap, new location. Yes. yes. That was our life yes. that weekend. That was our life that weekend. And mm-hmm. it didn't help that you guys, you and Saint went hard on the t- whatever alcoholic drinks at the Mexican restaurant the night before. Well, I had like two, <laughs> which is not 
a lot for me. <laughs> it was emotional. From- okay, true. You. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> the amount of emotional conversations we had mm-hmm. in a span of like three days was more than Dr. Phil has had on an entire season. That's <laughs> true. We all left that weekend just best fucking friends. <laughs> Seriously, it was just, it was a lot. It was I don't a lot. even know how we got there and then ended up dead the next day. <laughs> but no, honestly, it's just freaking like, Nashville weather, it just fucked me up. It's too much pollen. Mm-hmm. I'm a city girl. I have to get used to this country new life. life. Man, I am not a country girl. That's for damn sure. Do you have, what is it called? Cicadas? Yes. Like that bug? Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers are scary. <laughs> like, so do you. You also have cicadas. Yes. No, yes. <laughs> I didn't know that's what they were mm. until recently. So I was always like, what's that loud buzzing noise? Like, it's so loud. What is that? And then I found out that's what they were. And they're always flying near me. Always. Like, you see? <laughs> my neighbors probably think I'm weird, but I will have my dogs and I will literally start booking. Like, nope. <laughs> I know they're supposed to, like, I think cicadas are the bug that are supposed to only come out every 17 years or something. But those they're out every fucking year. So, I don't know. Well, it's like certain, certain, there's a certain type of cicada that comes out every 10 years in certain Mm -hmm. areas. Our areas happen to be that area. And then they have a different species. And I could be wrong because I'm not like a bug professional or analyst. (laughs) But then there's like a different species of it that it's year round. I don't know. All I know is I don't like these bugs out Mm -hmm. here. There's all kinds of bugs. I'm always wailing, moving. Something's always flying in my face. It's the wild west out here. I need to go back to California. (laughs) (laughs) I always knew I was a city girl at heart. I always knew it. That's so funny. I remember when I first moved down to Tennessee, that was like the biggest adjustment. Even when I came and looked at the property, I got, um, when I left, the property was really overgrown when we saw it. So we're like walking through tall grass and all the wildlife. And um, when I got back to my hotel, I had I found two ticks on me and I'd never had a tick before in my life. And I was like, nope, we're not living here. Like, nope, can't do it. Nope. <laughs> and then we pulled the ticks off and I was totally fine. I just, it's such an adjustment, like good stuff that you're not used to. So things are different. You don't even know what a tick looks like when you're from mm-hmm. the city. Like, so the fact that like, I still don't think I know what a tick looks like, but I know I be pulling stuff off my body mm-hmm. or my dogs. Yeah. Especially my dogs. Like, I can't even, I can't even, like, mm-mm. and you about to be moving deeper into yes. Yes, the, house the is, country. It's getting built. We're about halfway now. Um, so me and my husband are, we're slowly building our dream house by hand. He's literally doing it himself, learning off YouTube, um, and we're building our house out of concrete because of all the tornadoes we get down here. Um, so we'll have some peace of mind and it's going to be our forever home. So, you know, one day we'll raise a family there and do all the things. And it's all baby Melroses. All, all the around. baby Melroses. We'll see. I would need some <laughs> animals on this farm first. But yeah, no, it's exciting. It's it's cool to take something and turn it into something else. I think that's my favorite thing in life is to create something out of nothing. Which you do because you I always do. have... <laughs> something going on. <laughs> I do. Always. I got my hands in a like, lot of 
a lot of different Thanks. a lot of different places a lot of places you wouldn't think her hands are in um she just is everywhere I'm a little bit everywhere that's what I'm gonna say a little bit <laughs> everywhere and I don't know how she sleeps I have a big but, team, you know that. I have a big, I know. robust, awesome team of people around that support me, make it possible. That's like my best, probably one of the best pieces of business advice someone ever gave me was to, in order to like be really successful at more than one thing uh, or do a couple things really well, that you need help. And that was a big, like, that was a scary jump for me was hiring my first like real assistant, which would have been saint. Um, and having to actually pay someone else's salary. I mean, that's a lot of money out of your pocket and out of your bag that you worked really hard for. Um, so that was really scary. But once I did it and saw how much more I could accomplish when the like nitty gritty stuff was off my plate, it was no brainer. And then mm-hmm. rinse and repeat, you know, start another company, hire someone else and <laughs> do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your current uh, assistant, shout out to Salina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love saying Salina because I always think of, Anything for Salinas. <laughs> She's a monster. She's so good. She is a beast. Like, this girl is on her shit. No questions, no if ands, or buts. Like, she be on it. So, uh, and she's also such a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sweet, so loving, so caring, so welcoming. And also so, so she savage. Right she in. tracked down my phone when I got drunk and lost it in Nashville. She tracked it to a different oh like God. level of the club, found the girls, and got my phone back. Like, she's a boss. They stole your phone? No, they, they, no one stole from me. I left it at the bar because I was drunk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, is this it. the night where you did the TikTok of, yes. hi, my name is Melrose, and I think Selena's yeah. going to be the drunkest. And then, dude, that was so- funniest because okay so for of you for those of you who don't know mel does not really drink she's not like a, not really a social drinker like she just it's not her her cup of tea but if, if they're vibing and moving and grooving and the environment is right you might be able to get her to start drinking and once she starts drinking you gotta just kind of keep feeding it to her and she'll keep taking it slow drip just yeah just like slow baby sits just kind of like oh let me just top her off so she doesn't feel like she's out type of thing and then there's good music playing too mm-hmm. oh she vibing out she ain't even gonna realize she's drunk it's true it's true but this particular video had me dead because your eyes were bloodshot red you just looked like you were blacked out yeah. Selena in the back was just knocked out. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. And you know what the best part about it was going out that weekend was for neither me or Selena. It was for my my friend's birthday. (laughs) Sad part. That was the sad part. It was great. It It was like a great night, though. It was. There's a photo of me from that night holding this super sweet homeless guy sign for him trying to get money. And it was a tag team effort, and we 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 did some work that night. We got him some food. Did you and do a real live thing. show? Like, no, not like side. I was just holding his side and trying to get people to come over and donate to this man. He's like, hi, I'm Melrose Michaels, and today this is a once of a lifetime exclusive no. real life show. No, like you could punch me here. I was just like, hey, you, you have money. Come over here. <laughs> oh, I wish I could have been there. Oh, I wish I could have been there too. Oh my God. Oh, 
my goodness, that is hilarious. I can just totally picture you on the side of the street with a sign. <laughs> really trying to get people to give money to and you're a very vocal blunt person so i can really see you being like i know you got money look at your car so lena there being the best pa ever <laughs> is there probably like documenting like yeah mm-hmm. i know like, what content, it's like <laughs> oh my goodness i freaking i love selena i She's the best I, I can't wait until, like, end of 2022 when she can, like, go out and wait. Would it be the end? Or would it be more so beginning 2023? So she's due to have her baby in January. Um, January, okay, so, yeah, yeah. Towards the end. Yeah. But she is going to come to the, some of the conventions uh, in October with me. And she'll go okay. to the ones. Uh, yeah, October. So exa- so we'll do Why Not Wards. She'll be there with me. And then... um. Mm-hmm. Exotica, New Jersey. She'll be there with me because she lives out in that area. Oh, yeah. Exotica, New Jersey. That's where we met last I year. I know. Are you going this year? I wasn't planning on it, but I feel like we should. I you feel should like it go. should be like um like our anniversary. It is. Exactly. Yes. And because it really is. Okay. So for, for those of you who don't know, I had been a huge fan of Mel before I even knew of Mel. I knew her <laughs> as Chastity. Uh, cringe. That just <laughs> Chastity Marlowe. Formerly Chastity Marlowe. Marlowe yes. spelled wrong on accident, by the way, because I didn't know how to spell yes, it. Yes, it was. I was like, oh, this is a unique way of spelling <laughs> Marlowe. <laughs> um, so I have followed her for a while. And then there's another fellow um, model in the industry, Sabrina Nelly. And she had posted your podcast on her uh, Instagram story. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, wait, that's chastity. So me being the stalker <laughs> bitch that I am, I started <laughs> listening to the podcast, but it turned out to be something that I actually really enjoy. And then I ended up literally out of the blue, not even supposed to have been at Exotica, uh, New Jersey. And I saw that she was there. And my fangirl ass was like... I was in a booth <laughs> next to freaking Tiana Trump and Lena the Plug. And Lena they B- had mm-hmm. lines like wrapped around the convention <laughs> waiting for them. And then she's little old me. Do, 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 no one to talk she's to. literally <laughs> looking for something behind the booth. Water. And I'm panicking. I'm like, oh my God, do I go up to her? Do I not go up to her? Oh, like, I don't want to be that weirdo. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just do it. <laughs> And I was like, e- excuse me, um, are you, are you Melrose? And she was like, yeah. And then I was just like, um, I really love your podcast. It was <laughs> so like, cute. To my podcast. Oh my God. Like, I didn't think anyone did. <laughs> she was like, whoa. Oh my God. Here, let's take a photo. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening. It's like, I need proof someone knows about my podcast. <laughs> Literally, that was like the the spark of our friendship from mm-hmm. there. It was just the most random, funniest thing ever. And I just happened to stumble upon and saw her there at the booth at the perfect time. And it was literally too like it, Red Sea spread apart where I walked through Tiana and Lena to get <laughs> to her. Like I wasn't even pretty sure you're the only either. one in the history of humanity who's ever said I walked through. <laughs> Tiana and Lena to get to you. Like, that's never going to happen in any other circumstance. Mm-mm. Nope. Man. Yeah, so that's crazy. Damn. 
That's been a while. Uh, two that years. That was 2019. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait, that was 2019. Wow. Two years already? Mm-hmm. We're committed. Time flies. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't feel like two years. That's really weird. Time really does fly. The concept of time always weirds me out. But I might have to go now. I don't know. You should go. I need, I need to, I have to work. I have to find, I have to. Because I'm a busy and booked bitch these days. Don't I, I know have it. to make it work it. <laughs> so. You have to. It'll be fun. Um, I know oh, there's a few things going on in Exotica. We might. I might have like a mini booth there for sex work. See, I'm not sure yet. Or I'll hop on. Oh. I don't know. Because it's not a B2B convention. It's for the fans more than for businesses. Right. So I don't know if it makes sense to. So I'm still kind of debating that. But I'll be there. I'll be doing something or another. I mean, you can always incorporate networthy and sex work CEO somehow and make it sexy where it attracts the fans yeah, was, and gets their attention. I was thinking about selling some of the networthy merch because like the that's a great place to sell to other models who probably mm-hmm. don't know about the brand. Um but also it's exactly. like do I want to haul all of that stuff to New Jersey because it's a lot of stuff. I mean we can make a road trip out of it. To New Jersey we just there. Yeah. <laughs> It's only, (laughs) it's not that far of a drive, especially if you have a tag team. It's like 12 hours. Yeah, that's, girl, 12 hours is easy. I just did it though. I gotta do it again. I was just there for Selena's wedding. True. But yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, 12 hours ain't shit. Okay. Well, we would have to take my car because none of your cars will. Wait, did you take your car no. to New Jersey? No, oh, I rented a like... different sports car for New Jersey. <laughs> sports car, and I'm over here talking about my Nissan Sentra. Like, yeah, we'll just take mine. You're probably <laughs> like, a lot more reliable than you have mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that <laughs> that girl has taken me all across the country with no problems. Well, I take that back. She's been a little faulty lately. <laughs> She's been a little unreliable. I don't know what's wrong with her. I take care of her. I've been feeding her. I've, you know, I just don't think she liked this new uh, climate. Because Probably true. She be giving me. Oh, that was the video I tried to send you. Oh, really? But I messed. Yes. It was literally I was dripping in dripping wet <laughs> dripping from it being a thunder it was a really bad thunderstorm that day okay my car stopped at a red light would not turn on oh no could not roll the windows down i couldn't even put the car <clears throat> like back in park nothing <clears throat> and it was all because my battery i changed my own battery for the first time in my entire life at a girl i thought i did it right apparently you left it loose on the terminal but i no, i tightened it because i was really tightening it but no it came undone and so i i checked that's the first thing i thought i was like let me check the battery and see if that's it and the things were there it was not popped off Mm -hmm. and so at this point i'm panicking i don't know what to do i don't want to get electrocuted so i'm like do i open the hood do i touch the battery the water is getting on like you know i don't really know much about cars in that degree, I learn as I go. Mm-hmm. And all these and I all these people are honking at me. All these cis white males 
are cursing me out. Really? Instead of saying, yes, it was the most, okay, I already get, like, really, like, anxious under pressure like that, especially when it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Fuck. I- I'm stuck. Oh, like, oh, my God, now I'm holding up people. Oh, because you were at a light. Ring. You were, like, off to the at side. At a light. That's, okay, no. okay. I was, I was, I was, and the funny thing is, I drove my car all day. I was on the freeway. I was running errands, no problem. And I was literally, I don't know, like feet, I don't know, like a hundred feet from where I was, but I was close, less than 30 seconds from my house. And I'm just sitting there waiting. And the funny thing is that the car in front of me took too long to go. So I missed the light. And if I would have just kept going, I probably would have made it home. And then it would have been perfect timing for it to like shut off on me. But I had to wait. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting there. And all of a sudden, I knew because the sound went off and my music went off. And I said, oh, shit, my car just shut down on me. Mm -hmm. And I panicked. And I was like, what do I do? So I was like, okay. Check the battery. Yeah. It has to be the battery. The battery is what runs the car. Put the hood up. Pouring rain. Granted, I have on shorts and like a t-shirt. I'm on the phone trying to call like my mom. Like, what do I do? No one's answering. The battery looked fine. And I'm like, well, I just have to sit here. Like, there's nothing that I can do until I can get a hold of someone. Mm-hmm. I even thought about calling you for a second. Because I was like, she walk you through it. Yeah. Yeah. So... At this point, guys are coming by me. They're cursing me out. And I'm like, you can tell my car is off. There's no headlights. There's yeah. nothing. You can tell the car is off. So I'm opening the door, waving people to go around. Travis backs up. Guys are like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you dumb bitch? And like other horrible names. And then finally, after maybe 20 or 30, not 30 minutes, maybe like 20 minutes, a nice guy, he comes up to me. He goes, are you okay? And I was like, I think there's something wrong with my battery. I can't, I can't push it because I can't put it in neutral. Uh, neutral. So I'm just stuck here. And he's like, "Do you have anyone that's coming?" And I was like, "I'm trying to get a hold of someone, but right now I just, I, I, I'm just stuck." So he pops up the hood, and then all of a sudden the freaking bolts are completely off, and the cap is off. And I'm like, "Okay, that makes sense." And of course, I did not have any tools in my car because I took them out the day before. So he's like, "I have tools." Um, he pushed it down and he said, see if it'll turn on. It turned on and we pulled over to the side and he like tightens it. And I just knew that this guy was like, this dumb bitch. She don't know what she. <laughs> well, it's, it's not just that though. Dumb. You wouldn't have this. I mean, you could have gotten home probably, but you wouldn't have the tools to tighten it anyway. It, it's just exactly. an unsafe thing to be in the middle of a fucking intersection. So. It, well, exactly. And then he had said something that really scared me. He said, you got really lucky. And I thought about it. I was on the freeway. And if my car would have just shut off on a freeway, I probably would have been dead because the impact of my car just stopping and someone going 70, 75 miles per hour just skirting right into me. I was like, damn, you're right. Yeah. So this bitch, she ain't been right. She ain't been right. No, I am. I used to go-go dance way when I was young. Um, I remember coming out of the nightclub and I... I got in my car and it was like this little tiny Kia Sophia stick ship thing. And I was driving home uh-huh. from Chicago to where I lived. It was about like a 45 minute drive every night or every weekend night. So we leave the club around 4 a.m. driving home. And there's a stretch of road uh, on 90 where there's no street lights whatsoever. So I'm just driving. Mm. I got my headlights on. No big deal. Um, and then 
probably within like a 50 foot ahead of me distance, I see a car parked in the fast lane with its taillights off, everything turned off in the fast lane, which I'm in. And there's no other cars around me because it's 4 a.m. or whatever. So by the time I see it, I, I like, you know, jerk the car right to swerve around it because I'm going like 60, 70 at, this, at that time of night because I'm going home yeah. and the highway's empty. And um, I remember, because this scarred me for life, someone's hands hit the side of my driver's side window as I went past, like slapped on it. And it was pitch black, so I couldn't see. I could see their hands, but I couldn't see them because I just barely saw their car and I was flying. So I remember mm-hmm. I started crying. I called the cops. I told them what mile marker I was at. I'm like, I think I may have hit someone. Like someone touched my car as I drove past. Like I'm terrified. And if I didn't kill someone, someone else will kill them because you cannot see them. Um, yeah. So they went and checked on us. Everything was fine. They were just broke down. I think they were trying to get me to stop. Attention. Yeah. yeah. But like. That you could have died. And for the, I went home crying. I literally, I was probably 18 or 19 at the time. I crawled in bed with my mom, bawling my eyes out because I thought I murdered someone. And I didn't drive for weeks after that. I was terrified. Terrified. It's traumatizing. When your car fails on you or you think that you might cause bodily harm like that to someone, yeah. it's, it's traumatizing. And then if you've ever, you've been in a car accident before. Yes, ma'am. That makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I am terrified of truck drivers because I got in an accident by a truck driver. And I, I'm i going to be a petty bitch one day. And I'm going to buy a Ford F-150 or 350 just so I can drive on the street and not give a fuck to Because <laughs> these truck drivers do not care. I get it. You run the streets. You do. Especially in the South. But Everyone's got a big truck in the South. Everybody named Mama got a truck. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's like a passageway. It's, it's a weird thing, but yeah, you can get traumatized, and then that puts in paranoia, that puts in overthinking, and then it makes you a worse driver because now you're thinking too much into Out of it, fear. Yeah. which can also cause uh, accidents too because now you're thinking too much instead of naturally driving. Absolutely, that's a I. When I got into, I got in a really bad car accident in 2015 or 16 um, with my now husband. And we, that was one with the car rolled a few times and I broke my collarbone. We had to get out through the sunroof. And at the time I had just started seeing my husband, like not even dating, like a few weeks talking. And I'm like, oh great. Like I'm not about to cry in front of this man. So my shoulder <laughs> is just like in so much pain. And I, he's asking if I want to go to the ambulance. I'm like, I don't want to pay for that taxi ride. So I'm just like trying to call mm-hmm. my mom. <laughs> I call my mom and I was like, I've been in an accident. And then my phone gets disconnected. <laughs> I was just like, fuck, she's going to be so bad. <laughs> Oh, they're like, I'm okay, but I need you to come get me. You need to take me to the hospital. So she like came on the other side of the highway, um, got me. He put me in the car. He's like, I'll meet you at the hospital. I was like, no, you won't because I'm not going to let you. But okay. So he like closes the door. As soon as he closed the door, I just started bawling my eyes out. I was in so much pain. Um, and then took me to the hospital and he met me at the house afterwards and whatnot. I just thought like, I can't, I'm not expecting this guy that I barely know to like take care of me from this. Like we're barely right. talking, but, um, he did, he stuck by my side and, you know, broken birds can't fly. So we always blame the car accident for how he got to keep me. <laughs> but I get what you're saying about the anxiety. Cause that accident changed my life. It changed the way. Like, I'm obsessed with cars. Anyone that knows me knows, like, I'm a car girl. I love cars. I'm an enthusiast. I go to car shows. 
like a real car girl yeah. too, not someone <laughs> like me that tries to fit in and look cute and like yeah I'm into cars no she's a real car guru yeah I, I help my husband fix and car, fix our cars he buys and sells and flips cars so but yeah no ever ever since that accident like I've had an extreme fear of loss my anxiety was at an all-time high like I I got help I saw a therapist it, it was it really changed my frame of mind about life and death um, when the car was about to flip over, I was texting my mom. I loved her because I thought I was going to die. Like, I really thought, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. is how it goes. Um, so, yeah, I get the the aftermath of it because, like, now if I'm in a car, if someone else is driving, I am extremely uncomfortable. I am extremely, like, high anxiety, so much paranoia. But if I'm driving and I feel like I'm in control, I'm much more at ease. So it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah, especially were you driving or was he driving? No, uh, my my husband's brother was driving. No, my husband was driving. Um, so we were in an SUV and we had a trailer on the SUV hauling another SUV. And then there was a gotcha. malfunction with the trailer brakes, which made the trailer start to sway. And then it dragged sway. us into a ditch. And then we the trailer rolled and our car rolled. So this was a freak accident. Oh, yeah. It wasn't because someone. Oh, no, and that's wow. the craziest thing. We always talk about that. It's because this was the one time in my life where literally no one was doing anything wrong. We had the best day. It was beautiful out, sunny, great weather, no wind. We were all off of our phones because we were having a conversation. And then the radio was even off. And we were doing under the speed limit because we had the trailer. So this was the start of a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. This was Resident usually Evil how it starts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or the hills have eyes. Yeah. Literally how all horror movies always start. Yep. And not not to sound racist, but you got a car full of white people going <laughs> Accurate. down. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> there's no radio on. There's no phones out. You guys are actually having a conversation. Yep. And then out of nowhere, intro the climax. <laughs> like, that's literally the start of a horror. Yep. All you needed was some weird, sketchy guy with, like, a chainsaw <laughs> to come out of the woods. Yeah. I'm like, y'all need help out here? <laughs> Yeah, with this weird mask, it would have been perfect. Yes. <laughs> and then you would have been like, yeah, actually, we just got an accident. Well, I got a phone over here. Yeah. My house down the way. Just well, follow shit, me. Come on. <laughs> like, okay, come on, baby. We're going to follow him. Because if I would have been there, I'd be like, y'all could go. <laughs> Leave me I here. I ain't going. Because <laughs> yeah. I'd be the first one to die anyways. Mm-hmm. So... This is, yeah, no, it was, it was a freak accident. It's super weird, but you know, I, I ended up with my husband and we have yeah. a beautiful life now. So no complaints overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, broken collarbone was the least amount of fun. Yeah. I can't even, um, oh, and then you didn't cry. Maybe you were in just a lot of, no, cause you cried as soon as he was Oh, I cried as soon as he you... was out of sight. I fucking bawled. You were just trying to be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm tough. <laughs> hold up and showing my crazy just a little longer uh, just a little longer this is a little too early than i anticipated uh, but here we are yeah that's exactly what it was. uh speaking of crazy what's like the craziest thing you've ever done in like your relationship and i mean like like toxic crazy like have you ever crazy. broken windows? Have you ever scratched his car? Have you ever? I mean, me and my husband have a super healthy relationship, so I don't got anything juicy with him. But one of yeah. my um, exes, 
I, I mean, I've spoken about this very publicly because the world should know how bad a person he is. Um, <laughs> that oh, this guy. My, uh, <laughs> my ex, who he was, he was terminally uh, ill. He had cancer, um, and I kind of rearranged my life to make sure that. I could accommodate the time that he had left and all of these things. So like I broke my lease. Uh, he asked me to move in with him very er like a very early into the relationship, like probably eight months or so, which early for me. Um, and so I had to break my lease to move in with him. And it cost me like just under around four grand to break my lease. And then within a week of living yeah. together, I found out he was cheating on me like the entire time with multiple women because all the evidence was there. <laughs> So like I started slowly moving out of the house to avoid the confrontation. I just didn't feel like I owed him any sort of closure. I just wanted to like be gone mm -hmm. one day because that's how little respect he had for me. And that's the little respect I felt like showing back. Um, but I was trying to keep it together because for the week that I was like secretly moving out, you know, I'm going through the motions like, hi, honey, goodbye, honey, Mwah, whatever. And it was mm -hmm. disgusting and brutal. And then at the last day, I just lost my shit and I couldn't do it. And then it was just like all bets were off and I, it was just all petty. So like he, he, when I confronted him about what he had done, he like ran downstairs and like started breaking my stuff. And it was just so toxic. And I hadn't had that kind of experience with him before because we hadn't had some, any altercations really. So I was just like, okay, so this is what I'm dealing with. Like one is not safe. And two, like, all bets are like, okay, this is the level of that. This is the level of that. So then I just got petty. So like I put child locks on the TV. I put child locks on all the things because they were my things. And why should you get to use my things when you don't have any kind of respect for me? I changed the Wi-Fi name to say his first and last name cheats so that all of our neighbors knew. I, <laughs> I, I was just, oh, all the things. Um, yeah. So probably that was the craziest thing I had done is I just, I just wanted everyone to know what a piece of shit he was is. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's my You're crazy. the type of person that'll be like, nah, I'm taking the washer and dryer with me. I'm taking the refrigerator out with me. Actually, it's funny you say that. Cause I had, um, at that time was when I, I found out I was diagnosed with a PCOS and there's medication for me in our fridge at that house. And he was so petty also, so was I, but he was petty where he put an, a physical chain through the fridge so that I couldn't get my medication out when I was moving out on the last day. So like my family was there, like helping me load the moving truck with the furniture and whatever. So my fucking cousin, he's such a boss. He goes over the fridge and lifts the doors off the hinges, puts them on the side. <laughs> and then he takes the case of beer that my ex had and hands it out to all of my family members. They all drink it, fill it back up with water, put the cap back on put it back in the fridge i got my medicine and then put the doors back on with the chain intact it was such a boss move oh so boss. my goodness okay this sounds okay obviously i know you could go to jail for this i'm pretty sure i think you could go to jail for this but i would have pissed in those bottles and then put the top back on and then put them in the fridge but i'm sure that like that that's bodily harm yeah probably in a way so um don't come for me i've never done that <laughs> That, that's a, I mean, it would be a little difficult for me to pee in a bottle. Yeah, I was gonna say, just if you could even accomplish like, that as a feat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just happy that I know after a long day of the not exhausting job he had, he came home to a bottle of water instead of a bottle of beer. And yeah. That, that was enough for me. And was probably confused. Like, why does this, <laughs> this taste like water? She couldn't have gotten in here. The lock is still there. <laughs> There is nothing I cannot do with the right motivation, I assure you. 
man but i don't really think that's toxic that's just like it's just me being petty it was yeah we were at the point where i'm like okay there's if we're we're gonna go out like this like all right we're gonna go out like this i'm gonna have some fun along the way yeah definitely that's crazy Hmm, i never thought taking off the refrigerator head i didn't know Hmm. you could do that i had no idea that's like me neither let me check my refrigerator (laughs) just in case one day day i might need to have that skill useful in my life Mm -hmm. um that would be i don't know i feel like (laughs) there's a lot of i'm a i'm a toxic person but i'm working on it like i'm working very hard we're all in progress toxic all in progress i used to be proud of some of the things that i did like i used to think it was cute but now i look back at it and i'm like bitch (laughs) You, you were the reason. You were the problem. You are the issue because that shit is not cute. Um, that's all in so growing up, though. That's what happens. You grow up. You you look back. And but like some those. people don't grow up. That's, that's the thing. Some people don't grow up, or some people get worse as they grow up because they don't have like that guidance or that moral compass or whatever. That moral. <laughs> So that moment where you realize, oh, this isn't right. Yeah. I should be doing this. <laughs> Some people just get more fucked up and mm-hmm. worse. And then you're just like, you're a lost cause. I can't help you. <laughs> There's <Yep>. no way. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> just sitting here thinking about how you guys filled it up with water and put it back. <laughs> Oh, to be a fly on that wall would have been amazing. Oh, my gosh. I just can't. How did you guys get the top to get back on, though? He just smashed. My cousin's a beast. Like, he, he's a big dude, so he just fucking pow, smashed him back on and off to the race. I didn't even have a wow. beer. I don't drink beer, but it was great to have everyone I cared about just enjoying the fruits of his labor. <laughs> As you're there packing up all your shit. That sucks. because Well, maybe he just felt like since he was terminally ill, like, fuck it. Who ca- who cares about anyone? Because I ain't going to be here. Well, that's anyway, what, so. that was actually part of what I thought was like, because that was a big part of what he would say to these women. So he would like reach out to women on this app called Meetup, where you could like find people with similar interests and like do activities with them. But it's not a dating app in and of itself. But it's like, if you like bicycling, you go and join a bicycle group and you meet people that bicycle, something huh. like that. So he was in this app and, um, private messaging like there was just women on women on women saying like look i have cancer like i'm only here for a good time do you want to meet up like playing the cancer card repeatedly and i was just like that's incredible to me to think that you know you're sick and instead of wanting to do something meaningful with the time you have left you'd rather just do this and i'm like okay well like more power to you but uh i'm not gonna stick around you should have just been honest you should have just said hey listen i appreciate you moving in to help me and all through this time so i'm not alone but i'm gonna die soon so i want to be able to fuck around and not have any strings attached yeah that would have been a different conversation because then you could have been like well maybe yeah well the thing is i was not like in a hurry to be in that relationship either and i don't know if that's because i knew he was sick like i kind of had one foot out the door because i knew what this would be long term yeah it's exactly it just is what it is so 
I don't know, maybe I was a little detached in general um, with this situation, but like, because you're dating someone who you know is terminally ill, it reframes the way you treat them in inside of a relationship. Like I, I didn't bring up small things that bothered me because in the context of life or death, these things don't matter. And like what matters is spending mm-hmm. the time you have with that person the to a, a level of quality while you have it. So like every little thing that bothered me, I didn't talk about and bring it up. And it wasn't like I was bottling inside. It was a genuine, like I'm letting go of this because it doesn't matter. And the big picture doesn't matter. So like it was a, yeah. it was a good exercise in teaching yourself how to truly love someone unconditionally in a very pure way, which was nice. And I think and immediately after him, I started seeing my husband actually. So it mm. kind of it worked out. It did. It worked out great, but it put me in the right state of mind to treat someone and love someone the right way entirely, if that makes sense. But does anyone truly know how to love someone the right way? Because I, everyone, everyone perceives love completely yeah. different. I mean, depending on your love language, like that's a, I feel like that's a almost, it's a complicated question, but I think loving someone to the fullest of my ability is what it taught me. Like to not let, to not get hung up on the small stuff, to not get jealous, to not go down these other tangents that are so, you're not, you know, in five years, you're not going to remember these things. So why are you emphasizing or, or needing to talk about them or make a, a huge, you know, ordeal about them? Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was a big lesson in how to only focus on what's important, I guess. And that can get lost in the day-to-day in normal relationships. I can see that. I feel like um, love language is a huge thing that people don't incorporate into their relationships as much as they should. And I think when you have two people that have two separate different types of love languages, it's about learning how to navigate where both parties are feeling equally loved without feeling forced to change who they are to make that person feel uh, loved. So I think just love in general is a very complex thing that is, it it takes work. It's like something you have to work at every single day. Absolutely. That's at least how I I feel. I feel like, like when it's a choice, like how you're saying work, it's it's a choice. You wake up and choose to love this person despite everything else. It's a choice. Yes. And then it's about learning how to love someone unconditionally too. And a lot of people think that they love someone unconditionally. But really they love them within all of the conditions. Within (laughs) all the conditions, exactly. And you think like, oh, I love you unconditionally with my whole heart and my soul to the moon and back. And it may be true, but it's, it's conditionally. Like there is a difference. And And I love to bring that up in the context of cheating because everyone is, I love you unconditional unless you cheat on me. That's conditional. Exactly. That's conditional. I mean, and that's free to each their own, whatever their boundaries are. It's a different conversation, but that's still a condition. That's conditional. Exactly. Oh, I love you unconditionally. But if you started to gain weight and you were 500, 600 pounds, then I can't like there's there's conditions mm-hmm. so because I used to tell people all the time oh I love you unconditionally I love you with my whole heart and soul and it's true but I didn't realize that the things that could be deal breakers for me are c- considered conditions and 
that's not loving someone unconditionally. And it yeah. sounds like, damn, well, then you don't love that person then. Like, how can you spend, how can it's you want to spend different. the rest of your life with them? Right, exactly. It's just love. Love is a, I feel like love is a very, I think it's the most complex emotion that a human can have. And I say that because love can come in so many different forms mm -hmm. that I think it's something that is more, easily misjudged and assumed to be for love when it could be lust yeah or it can go into trauma bonding true where you think it's love only because of what trauma that you may have unresolved is now triggering you to think that this is what see i can go too deep and complex no that's true it. though i think the way you grow up experiencing love plays a major part in how you go and love other people um, mm -hmm. and everyone has to kind of do their own work on that. But when you talk about like unconditional versus conditional love, like your love for the family that you stick by you and you see on the holiday, like your core family, even if they're not blood related, like that's your unconditional love or your pet is an unconditional love. Like whatever they do, whatever shit they fuck up, you're still going to love them. You're not going to treat them badly or take mm -hmm. like steps of, for recourse. But then when it comes to relationships, sometimes we throw those rules out the window, which is hard because you also need to demand your boundaries be respected and all of these things. So maybe relationship love isn't truly unconditional. I think that it just depends where you're at with someone, but that's a hard thing to achieve anyway. It is. And it's funny that you mentioned pets because I think the only unconditional love that I have is probably for my dogs because they can do, I mean, they have done, like my dog just the other day pissed on my goddamn bed, oh. like just straight up jumped <laughs> on there and peed on it. Granted, he is a little stressed to his current situations, but I would never just get rid of them yeah. because while wow, you're peeing everywhere or you bark all the time or you're just sometimes you're annoying or sometimes I'm like, man, I should have never got y'all. Like I should have my life would be so much easier. But I love them no matter what they do versus with humans, even family. Like I have conditions. I have literally stopped talking to family members because of the shit they have done. Yeah. And I used to think, oh, I love my family unconditionally. Or I I love my mom unconditionally. Nah, that bitch has done some shit sometimes. <laughs> where I'm like, there's there's conditions there for sure. And I, I, yes, I do call my mom a bitch. I call everyone in my life a bitch. Like, <laughs> not to disrespect anyone. <laughs> no, me and my mom are like she's one of my best friends. But there was we've never fought. Like we've never had any kind of conflict through my childhood or anything. We've always been really close. But then we had one issue come up in my adulthood where there was a real, we were getting real close to some, we can't turn back from this moments. And that's, I don't know, that's probably where I started to realize, okay, this is an unconditional thing. And no matter how hard it gets or the things I don't like or the things I don't agree with, uh, this is my mom, you know, she's in her fifties now and I'm not going to waste my time with someone I care this much about arguing or, or both like that i think that's what that one relationship taught me is like to look at the finite time we have and value it differently than i would have had i not dated him so even though that mm. relationship was a shit show it uh it taught me a lot and i think i'm better for it and the people i love uh are loved by me better for having gone through that gotcha gotcha do you do you have like a attachment personality like do you feel like you get attached to people really easily or do you think it's actually the opposite I, I think it's very hard for me to get attached to someone um but then once I am I'm like 
loyal to a fault. Uh, I can't tell you how many times like I've been taken advantage of or I've stayed loyal to someone longer than I should have when they didn't have any of my interests in mind. Um, so while it takes me longer to get attached to someone, it takes me a long time to also get unattached uh, or leave when I know better than to stick around. So a little bit of mm. a little bit of that, I think. And is that with like friendships and relationships or do you kind of have a different, different I think it's with approach. with friendships, relationships and even business, I would say. Mm, even with business. Yeah. Interesting. How do you how do you get attached with business? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, I like to dive in like head first uh, whenever I'm doing something, you know, so I'm all about it. I'm going to put my all into it. You're going to see it on all my platforms. I'm going to be the you know, the, I don't know, like the, the person that represents mm -hmm. that thing, because I, I believe in it so strongly and I'm so passionate about it. But also I know when I see a window to end certain business relationships and then I don't take it be, out of loyalty and respect for, you know, what that relationship has gotten me, um, mm -hmm. even after I should okay. have left. And so while it takes me longer to trust any kind of relationship, business, personal relationship, like a uh, romantic friendship, whatever. Once I uh, establish trust and I think that it's a, a good thing for me, for them, for everyone involved, then I'm, I'm loyal to fault and I'll overstay my welcome in the sense of like, this is no longer serving me and I should have, I should have bounced. So. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I can kind of see that from you um, as far as the business wise, because you definitely should have left a few situations a lot earlier than you did and then even like now you're you still almost protect them in a way um where you truly don't need to or have to so i i can definitely see that but i think that's just more so of knowing not to burn bridges because you just especially with business connects it's one of my biggest things is you never want to burn a bridge with someone because you never know who they may be connected to mm -hmm. And what opportunities you could potentially lose just because of the way you went about things. Yeah. Um, Burning bridges is a, is a big no-no. And even though like with like the business relationships I've had where I do feel like I, I overstayed or I should have left sooner or, um, or even relationships that were established, like for me and Saint, for example, like him being my personal assistant and even being my friend, like I told mm -hmm. him when I hired him, like this isn't going to work for very long because you need to be doing what I'm doing. You're not someone's second. Like you are an influencer. You're like your own kind of icon and mogul. And this will, this relationship will come to an end at a certain point. And even though it did end when we got to that point and it was amicable and everything's good. And I mean, obviously, you know, me and Sandra are super close. So, yeah. Um, you just saw I, him. I, was I just saw him. Yeah. I was uh, like, Oh my God. I texted him this morning a purse and I was like, you need this. Uh, but <laughs> even that, like that relationship, working relationship should have ended even before I ended it just it because did. it wasn't, yeah. it was getting to a place where I know what I was expecting wasn't getting met, but also his heart wasn't in it anymore because he ne he needed to be pursuing his own thing. And I did also felt guilt around, you know, making demands of him for my stuff when I know he needs to be pursuing his own thing, like, because he's my friend and that's what he should be doing. And so it's just, it's in my nature to overstay something because I like, because I'm loyal and also because I want it to work out the way I imagined it maybe, but it just, it's not always the case. So I think, um, I've learned a lot from 
the business and personal relationships I've been in though. And I think I know a little bit better now. And I never, I try to always not burn bridges, but I also, I don't forget the things said to me. And uh, if you say something that you are going to regret, or if you say something out of, you know, anger to me, or even like personal relationships as well, like it's, you can't unsay it. So whether I'm not burning bridges, it doesn't mean that in the future, when maybe we enter a relationship, business or otherwise, that I'm going to have forgotten what was said to me. Like, that's a no. And uh, our going forward relationship will be a reflection of how we treated each other when we were ending our previous relationship. So I don't know. We'll just, we'll Mm. see where things lay, but I'm big on not burning bridges. I'm hard to get attached, but once I am attached, I'm hard to let go. It's just my nature. I feel that. Well, I'm glad we met when we met, because if I would have met you a few years prior, I, I'd be triggered. Like I, when someone hurts me, I have to make them feel what I'm feeling times 10 because I'm a very, like I radiate emotions and it's magnified for me. So when someone, especially someone that I confide in, like there's, there's a very select few that I'll talk about with my finances. Um, if I'm in any relationships, if my mental health, if I'm like depressed, like just whatever it is, is a very, very small amount of people because I'm, I used to be such an open person where I'll just like, yeah, I'm an open book. If I can help someone through the experiences I've gone through, sure. Why not? But there used to be a point in time where I would be trigger happy and I would hit low blows. Like I wouldn't, I would push certain buttons purposely just to get a reaction out of that person and then later on when i've calm collected and cooled down like i'll say i apologize like i didn't truly mean what i said i was just angry but knowing that you may accept the apology but will never forget what i said there's a reason why you meet people at a certain time oh yeah for sure because for sure this would not work like five years ago for sure so i yeah and with age comes with growth and yeah, yeah. you learn from yourself and you learn what works. I mean, I'll, there's like certain people I'll purposely push buttons for <laughs> just to literally get a reaction out of. Um, but I'm more of like, it's like maybe I want to like get revenge with success or get revenge with happiness. Like I want you to mm-hmm. know no matter how I feel about what you said or did to me, like it's not phasing me. I've moved on and I'm doing better for it. Um, and I think even yeah. the, the fuck ups like in relationships business or otherwise like whatever the thing is there's still something to be learned there like I'm still learning and I also am a big proponent of like let people show you who they are so like let them say what they're going to say let them do what they're going to do and how you you're going to also show them who you are so in your actions and in your words make sure what you're doing is representative of the person you think of yourself to be so like yeah I'm big on like I, in, especially in business, I'm, I'm very rational, I'm very cool, calm and collected, uh, like personal relationships, romantic and friendships. It's, it's pretty much the same. Um, if, unless there was something, some kind of extreme circumstance, then I'll lose my shit maybe with my husband. But outside of that, like I, I always keep calm and collected because that's just who I am. And I want people to have that vision of me, even when shit is not so smooth, you know? Hmm. Damn, you're a better person than me. <laughs> I've had a lot of therapy. <laughs> I've had a lot of therapy. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I can learn a thing or two from this girl. Cause, uh, Let me save mm. you some money, hon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, 
okay, therapy, it, it scares me only because I truly feel like if I were to really embrace it to get the best, um, like effectiveness out of it, that I would have to be able to really talk and indulge about how I'm feeling in that. And sometimes I know that's the way that my brain works at times, it may seem like I'm trying to harm myself, but that's not the case at all. But I'm always afraid because legally they have to, if they feel like you're going to harm yourself or harm someone else, legally they have to report that. Mm -hmm. And if I just talk about like, yeah, you know, like sometimes I just wake up thinking like today's going to be the day that I end it all. I'm not actually going to do that. It's just what's my, the way that my brain sometimes is just wired. And so that is what prevents me from wanting to ever really dive into therapy because I don't want to end up 5150 and fucking locked up in a mental institution. Well, first off, as someone with uh, mental illness in her family, with a grandparent who has had to go to mental institutions on and off throughout her life, it is not easy to get someone locked up. It takes uh, extraordinary <laughs> circumstances, um, like extraordinary ones. So don't worry about that. Um, and also, if you lead with that, like if you go into therapy and say, like, I want to speak openly, but I'm afraid of X, Y, and Z, because if I say something, I don't want you to think it's uh, like actually it's going to actually happen um, or mm -hmm. whatever the scenario is. If you lead with that, like they'll be understanding of it and they'll, they'll get to know how you communicate and then that won't be a factor. But I think therapy is like, mm. man, let's save my life. Yeah. Therapy is also really expensive mm -hmm. too. Um, it's not as affordable or um, easy to kind of get involved in with, unfortunately, but that's just the American healthcare, system. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And two, I don't know. It's just the thought of someone judging you or only pretending to care because they're getting paid. You, like, it's almost like the sincerity of it, I feel like, can, it, that's what also turns me off. I don't know. It's just really weird. But I've never, I've become more reserved about being open with who I am as a person than I was when I was younger because it's just almost like you just get a lot of, at least for myself, backlash and it's never really been like a good response or I don't feel like it's helping anyone by me saying this is what I'm going through, but this is how I get through it. And if I'm ever going to speak upon something, my goal is to always make for sure at least it's, it, it can help what, save one person's life or help inspire one person. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Therapy is complex and I mean, it sounds good, but then. Yeah. You have to definitely get matched with the right person. Cause I went through a few therapists before I found one that actually I felt like genuinely helped me. And that big piece of that mm -hmm. was the sex work piece. Because like, as soon as I say at the time, I was just a cam girl, but explaining that I do webcam and yeah, I get naked online and whatever. It was automatically like, well, why would you do that? Why, why do you feel any? I'm like, I don't feel a need to do that. I've had plenty of right, jobs. I, I have other <laughs> things going on. It's just that why wouldn't I do it? Like I, it's, it's good money. I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I feel no shame or guilt attached to what I'm doing. So why wouldn't mm -hmm. I like that? That is not the issue. And when they try to make that the whole issue, that's uh that means it's not going to work for me. But um, I mean, pineapple support's a great tool because they're pro sex work or sex work friendly, or they, they understand sex work. So that's a good one for anyone that's listening. Yeah. Shout out to pineapple support. There'll be a link in the bio as well. 
Um, and maybe I should have put a disclaimer because this could be triggering for some people. I'm not trying to go too deep into it, but I know that it can be surface level and that could still be triggering for yeah. people. So. Um, there'll definitely be a disclaimer as well in the bio because if you need any assistance, phone lines, hotlines, there's always, uh, whether even if you're not in the sex work industry, mm -hmm. there's always help of made available to you. So um, even though I don't take my own advice, <laughs> even <laughs> though you don't utilize my resources, I do not. I feel like I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. I will sit there and preach to someone and do the exact opposite. That's of human what nature. That's human nature. Jeez. I will sit there and be like, listen, you need to be very good with your finances and you need to set yourself up for this. And if you're going to do a business, you got to do it like this. You got to be consistent. And then when it comes to me, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I do. Running your businesses. Okay. I know they're not easy, but you make them seem so seamless. <laughs> I have a team. And I That's all I can say. I have a team that does that. Thank God. Listen, honestly, having a team, I can, I mean, I see it with you is definitely beneficial. Um, someone like myself who does not have a team, but is very creative and always has a new project or attempting a new project and trying to do it all on their own is very, very difficult. So mm -hmm. I would say, if you do have an entrepreneur mindset or a creative personality, just make for sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're planning things because it is doable. It's just harder, but it is very doable. It's doable. And I would also add, like, don't be so hard, hard on yourself. Like, even with you talking about like all the things I do, there's, there's a handful of things that I'm doing and they're a priority to me and I'm doing them well. But then there's like my original podcast team that heard went like a year without a new episode. And so it was on the back. I know. But also you prioritize the things that pay you or that pay your bills and keep your lights on or that help more people than you. Like I want to help other sex workers. And although my podcast had benefits to it, it was also like it was aimless and directionless. And it was just me talking and telling my story, which it was a therapeutic thing for me to put it out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it was good to have people get to know me better uh, and understand my narrative. But it wasn't a priority. And also, like, when something becomes work and it's not fun anymore, that's when I try to tell myself, like, it's okay to let this go because life is short. And in the scheme of things, you should be doing the things that are fulfilling to you and bring you the most value. And at certain times of my mm -hmm. life, my podcast just wasn't that. Other things were more important. It was more important to do sex work CEO. It was more important to do Networthy. It was more important to make the switch and get on OnlyFans. It was more important to do other things and make other moves. So some things fall by the wayside. And I'm I'm the biggest the hypocrite because I tell everyone, like, it's not a failure just because you decided to no longer pursue it. Um, sometimes the best business move you can make is to no longer pursue something. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, think about all the things we we invest have like in this. I know we talked about your podcast before we went live on here, but that aside, like all the things that I had, you know, ventures I had started. If I had doubled down and tried to make them work without, you know, in that moment when maybe it would have been successful, maybe it wouldn't have. I have no way of knowing. 
all I know is that five years down the road, the things I'm doing now are so much more important to me and fulfilling to me than those things I left behind. And if I had doubled down on Mm -hmm. them, I would have never got to this. So it's like all of those things are stepping stones to the the path you're supposed to be on. So like starting my podcast and getting that experience and talking to people I talked to, like I talked to some amazing people. I had you on, I had Katie Hill, a former Congresswoman. I had all these cool people come through, but had I never learned how to do a podcast by trial and error, um, gotten to know people who randomly listen to my podcast. So like those are benefits, but then if I doubled down on that, I wouldn't be, you know, about to start a new podcast with Jesse Sage with, you know, a lot more caliber guests in something that we're going to put out a lot better information that's going to make more of an impact than my stories. So like, you know, it's, it's a stepping stone along the way. And sometimes the best move you can do for your business is by not pursuing a certain business. It's just, it's but true. But how do you know when that certain business is then no longer going to better serve you when because it doesn't you don't make really sense. know something you know like i i debate all the time yeah if net worthy is worth pursuing i'm very passionate about it i love really? it i love i do yeah because it doesn't make any money so it costs me a lot of money um i donate the, some of the proceeds so there's even less room for margin right. it takes up space it takes up time i have to market it so i'm managing socials i'm managing a website i'm paying all this upkeep i pay for marketing mm-hmm. uh, i have a email person that does my email campaigns so it's very cost heavy there's no return on investment there's no return on my time but it still fulfills me and it's so important to me so if that last piece goes i know it's time to move on and if that last piece doesn't go okay maybe it's back burner for now but i come back to it and i double down later but there's a time and place for things. And there, maybe there's going to be a better way of, of me pursuing it. Maybe instead of doing it how I did it originally by get everything, you know, from Spain. And it's like a four month wait before I, from a design gets sent to them to the time the design gets to me, maybe I pivot and maybe it becomes print on demand and I can put up designs instantly, sell them instantly and pivot and make a new design. Maybe that's the direction mm-hmm. I end up going in. But it's that you have to account for all the things. Is it worth your time? Is it making you money? Is it making you happy? And if those things are all no, then you move on. I mean, that makes sense. But because so for myself, whenever I start a, a, a project, money is I'm not gonna sit there and say that money is never a big influence in it. Because I mean, people, you just don't work for free. Mm-hmm. Like you just you can't these days, especially where my goals are trying to lead me in life. Like I just can't do something for free. And while I know that podcasting, and honestly, this is probably going to be the most horrible first season, rough, like trial and error. Just, I've never filmed a professional podcast or attempted a professional podcast before. Like I've always made 50 different YouTube channels that I just gave up on that are cringe and never went anywhere. But it was always because I knew the possibility of the money that you could make out of it if you get it to a successful point. Mm-hmm. And those are things that inspire me, money aside. Then there's the creative portion of it where you're you're making something yourself. You're putting it down from piece of paper to on the internet. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be doubts where you're like, is this worth it? Is Mm -hmm. this where I need to be? Is this going to get me somewhere? Because it's not giving me what I need right now, this very moment. Should I just 
throw it away aside, scratch it and start something new. I used to do that with every single project I've ever done. That's why I've had literally like 50 different YouTube channels. And I knew if I would have just doubled down on it, stayed consistent and really try to promote it, if it failed, it just failed. But I can't say it wasn't because I didn't give it enough time to try to give that return back. Um, but I think with Networthy especially, that could be a clothing line that could be the next pretty little thing. But in its own niche, where it is, it has a message that's more empowering. I was going to say Fashion Nova because Fashion Nova is a really huge company. But Fashion Nova is more so like stealing items from Sheen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of them are. Almost like, all those clothing yeah, lines are most, fast fashion. Most but... clothing lines, yeah. Like, I don't, but I see a future like giving up on a project. I think there's a difference giving... between giving up and knowing when it doesn't make sense to pursue. Like there's a lot of things I've tried and just given up on too. Um, I, I mean, maybe not a lot of things. I'm pretty good about finishing what I start, yeah, even if it's like, like years later, <laughs> but um, <laughs> podcast. Um, but <laughs> I think that like, I mean, I, I, when you speak about doubt, like I've had, to, I have, I had a, fucking mental breakdown before you guys came out for Networthy to shoot all that stuff. Like a serious breakdown of like, I spent, you know, $40,000 getting this clothing line started. I know I won't make the money back. Um, what am I doing? I'm wasting all of my friends time having them come up here and shoot all this stuff. Like what if they don't even like it? What if it's not good enough? You know, all that stuff runs through your head. I've had similar doubts about sex work CEO where I'm like, am I just wasting all like in the scheme of things, I could just double down on, you know, OnlyFans or sex work and make a bunch of money and not spend it all trying to make something else. I could just, I could go on a vacation and <laughs> a vacation since 2016, but I want there to be a legacy aspect. I want to leave something behind, uh, out of all of my hard work that leaves the world a little bit better than I found it. Like that's the point, right? So mm-hmm. when I think about Networthy, I think that that has the ability to make a difference. I think sex work CEO has the ability to make a difference and an impact. My original podcast, maybe it made a difference to a few people, but I need to make a difference for more people, which is why the new podcast will do that. But like, yeah, there's a time. And to I walk agree. Away. When you told me about the new podcast, I thought at first you were going to have two podcasts. You're going to have seen and not heard. And then the new one, because I remember you were like, should sex work CEO have a podcast? And they're like, looks like we're launching soon. I was like, okay, bitch, do that then. I was like. I could really run run, you gonna run two plus everything else. But then when you explained to me how you were wrapping up your first podcast, it's like, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like a personal, like, oh, it's sad to see it go because it was something that I had really connected with and it it means more it means more to me than it does to you at this point of your life. But the new podcast, it makes more sense to what's currently going on and where you're trying to get your career um, moved for the future. Yeah, so aligned. that makes sense. That's just like a, a line. There you go. Trying to think of the word. The first podcast, it came, it went to an end, but you didn't give up on it. You finished it. You are, are almost finishing it. Uh, and then that's kind of wrapped up. And now you're on chapter two mm-hmm. of your podcast, which is under a different name. Yeah. Um, I think it's more so when you start a project. And then if it's not giving you what you need immediately, and then you just kind of, never come back to it that's where i think that's kind of like giving up almost yeah nothing's gonna happen overnight yeah 
that's that's such a misconception because we live in a in a time of youtubers and twitch streamers and you know tiktok fame and all this stuff but i mean Mm -hmm. god if i could have the income without the celebrity if those could be separated for our line of work specifically i would take that all day like if i could go back and do anything differently um, maybe I'd be like a no face model. Cause I think that's like the best fucking mm-hmm. setup in the world. The time. Yeah. Yes. Like you nailed it. You guys did it right. That's something oh, I missed the boat on, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not big. I'm like, I definitely don't quit things, but I do think that, yeah, you have to know when, when to walk away, not necessarily quit, but you're making a business decision and sometimes pursuing something to seeing it through is going to hinder something else you could be doing that would actually make a bigger impact in your goals so i don't know it, it's, a toss up. it's a toss-up you got to know yourself it's yeah. about self-awareness which is true because we we just had this conversation where we were talking about how um with some opportunities that are arising for me fairly quickly and kind of just overnight it seems like and then it's just like when I say my my time is is money, it's not that I'm trying to be like ignorant or cocky about it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's at this point where if something isn't going to give me the value that I need, then you have to just let it go and and move from it, move on from it. But it's also too it's like with my art business, like you want to talk about a money pit. Sometimes I just look at all these pieces and I feel like oh. Like another project just failed at just fucking just another hobby that didn't make me much money at all. But then it's if I double down on it and I put in the marketing and the promotion that it needs, um, then maybe in like a year or two it can be because I mean, it's art. It's something that people buy all the time and it's custom things. But right now it ain't making me no money. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I got to move around to what's paying the bills. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I I don't know. I'm getting to a place now too. And I think it's because I'm getting old, (laughs) but like, I'm very (laughs) conscious. (laughs) I feel like girl. Um, I'm very (laughs) conscious now of my happiness. So like, I try to balance like value very equally amongst those three categories. So does it, is it worth uh, my time? And that's equal weight as does it make me money? And that's equal weight to does, does it bring me happiness? So even if something brings me no money, like not worthy, it, I still think it's worth my time because I think it makes a difference. And I think it's something we need as sex workers to mm-hmm. feel identify, something to identify with and to feel we have people in our corner and we can unite over something. Mm-hmm. And I also feel uh, it brings me happiness. It makes me happy to tell someone when they ask me like, oh my God, where'd you get that? I'm like, I made it. This is mine. This is my design. Like yeah. I get joy and fulfillment out of that. So I know it's not time to leave it behind. Um, and I, I don't really have any intention of leaving it behind. I just want to, I'm, I'm working to get to a place with other things so I can double down on it. That's kind of where I'm at. But it, to say it's never Which crossed my sense. mind. No, it crosses my mind all the time. Sex work CEO crosses my mind because I've, sometimes it feels like you're screaming into a void, you know, and like nothing, there's nothing's coming back and you're not bringing any value. And like, I'll feel like that one day and the next day a sponsor comes along and they want to work with me. Exactly. And they're extending their resources to make sure I can get the information to more sex workers. And that's when it's exactly. just a moment. And it's like, okay, this is, this is how business works. This it's is how it's it working. Like, yeah. It's getting there. It's what people don't realize is that you don't see the, 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 the gap, the, yeah. the dead air. 
you see the this is what I want to do and what I'm trying to do and then you have what I like to call as the dead air process where you're scrambling trying to figure out how to make it work but you think it's not getting anywhere and then you start reevaluating if this is even the right industry for you to be in and then especially when you get older and as a woman too you, if you're going to be in the adult industry at least for myself I'm not going to look like this forever mm -hmm. like I even look at old videos and old pictures and I'm like girl like you are me too aging. I was like my boobs used to be up there what <laughs> happened you like they <laughs> different like you ain't gonna see me popping this for much longer I promise you <laughs> but then you get to the point where boom there it is mm -hmm. you made it there's the finish line and for me especially that's like what I've been going through and it's a little overwhelming because yeah. I feel like everything is happening at once but this is like literally I've cried to you many times. <laughs> like, that's like, my bad. If I, could that's just, my bad. <laughs> if I could just please like figure out how I could just like consistently get this one thing started and like I just really want this and then it's like okay bitch wipe those tears because boom 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 yeah and it's just like back to back back to back back to back and it's like whoa okay this is a lot but this is i'm finally at that finish line where i thought it was going nowhere like i literally thought like all this work and effort and time that i'm trying to build something up it's just not working and then there you go it, it happens and that's the thing about our industry especially is that there is no if you work in nine to five and you do this for six months, then you can move up to here. Mm -hmm. And then you do that for six months and then you can move up to there. No, it's you can work for three years in this industry. Feel like you're going nowhere. And then everything. Or you can lost. make one TikTok and have it go number one on the music oh charts and fucking your life is different. Like shit's crazy. Listen, I've tried <laughs> to be viral on social media. So many times, so I can get just that that overnight fame, mm -hmm. but it's not as it it, no, no. But I think <laughs> it, with age too, it gives you a lot more perspective. Like when I first got into the industry at like twenty years old, you know, having people like a lot of followers was important to me. Having people think of me mm -hmm. as like this established person or like the person. micro celebrity kind of chasm, which is so mm -hmm. ridiculous to look back on. But now, like my goal is like. I have huge goals given, but when I really scale back, when shit's bad, like when, when OnlyFans, you know, we're going to go away or whatever. I'm like, okay, well that pays for me to run all of these other things. So now I have to fucking pivot. I don't want to fire anyone off my team. Like these are my friends. Like these are people I fucking care yeah. about. Selena's pregnant. Like these are not options right. for me. This so the wrong time yeah, for her so, to be out of a job. So like, this is like, I need to find a solution so that I can make sure everyone has their livelihood. Like this is, this is what it means to be a business person. You need to fucking pivot. Like this is, you, you don't mm -hmm. need to call yourself a business person anymore unless you can adapt. Now it's time to Because now you're dealing with some exactly. real business shit where exactly. you have to sit there. Because as an employee, um, you're not like the Selena one putting out or, fires. or myself, which is a personal assistant, you, you, all you know is I do my job, I get paid. Mm -hmm. The other behind the CEO, that has nothing to do with me because that is not my responsibility. So whatever you have to do to figure your shit out, that's fine. As long as I get my check. Yeah. Because I'm the employee. Yep. And that's when it, the test of being a real business person, um, 
comes into play is if you can make that shift and still be able to take care of your team and then be able to have those tough discussions with, Mm -hmm. hey, unfortunately, I'm either going to have to scale back your hours or scale back your pay for for right now and and giving them the opportunity to, to basically try to, if they need to leave, go somewhere else. Yeah. But it's hard. That's what, when all like, the I news... can't do that. Yeah. Like you having a team and paint, you having someone's livelihood in your hands, that is a lot of anxiety and yeah. stress because that means you have no room to fail or make any errors because if you fail, then someone's not going to be able to have a home potentially yeah. the next month. That's what people overlook. I think like when I say my team, my team consists of Julie, who is my best friend from fifth grade. My team consists mm-hmm. of my sister-in-law, who is one of my assistants mm-hmm. and helps me do my social media graphics and such and upload content to places. And then I have Selena, who's like kind of just is my right hand human and she's a best friend. So how do you yep. tell your best friends or your sister-in-law, your sister-in-law who just bought a house, your best friend who's pregnant, your best friend who has three kids and a husband? Like, how do you tell these people, I'm sorry, I have no more money to pay you? Like, you can't do that. So yeah. you adapt and you overcome. Like, the first thing when I heard the OnlyFans news is like, okay, if I sell the Porsche, I can keep the team paid for three more months. Okay. So worst case scenario, I sell the Porsche. No big deal. Okay. So what comes after that? What is the next step to make sure I can continue on the the trajectory that I want to be continuing on. Okay. So I took up a, a se- separate offer with another company that could help me bring in some cash flow and get liquid a little bit. So there's things you can do, mm-hmm. but I think making sure that when shit hits the fan as a business owner, as a sex work CEO, you need to know it's your responsibility to find an answer and a solution. Like that mm-hmm. was part of something I found very difficult and this is probably going to sound bad, but it, it's very difficult to get into, you know, Twitter spaces and listen to the conversations or get on webinars and listen to the conversations. But we're like, yeah, it's discrimination. It's the world against us. Yes, that hasn't changed. That is not news. That is the reality of what we live in. The yeah. reality is since before any of us were even born. Exactly. This, it's just different now because it's on the Internet. But it's, it's been like this news. literally for decades. Yeah, exactly. So like hearing that stuff, it's like. We're, we're saying the same thing over and over. It's this person's, this company's fault. It's MasterCard's fault. It's all these things. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's partially all of their faults, but we know this. What are we doing about it? What is next? Does anyone have solutions? Mm-hmm. And like, so I find that hard because I'm that person who's like, how do I fix it? What do I do? How do we overcome it? I'm not someone to focus on woe is me or this is a problem. Like we all have shitty, have been dealt shitty hands at one time or another. We've all gone through shit. The world is not con- going to cater to our line of work and lift us up. OnlyFans, that was a, a blimp on the radar compared to like the Patreon and everyone else that's Tumblr, mm-hmm. you know, everything that's fallen off. So I think to to take on the responsibility of being a CEO, you have to be cut out for the fact that when it's time, when shit hits a fan, it's your responsibility to figure it out. That's your job as a business owner. Um, and I don't even know how we got here, but I would say too, like I, now that I'm older, because I probably wouldn't have felt this way or thought this way had I, you know, 10 years ago when I first started. But now that I'm older too, I make my happiness a much bigger priority. Like I signed up um, this last week for a dance class. Like I miss dancing. I don't oh like that. Girl. I can't like learn a TikTok dance to save my life. So I'm like, I'm going to get back into it. Like I used to hip hop dance. I was captain of my dance team in high school and in college. And like, I was good at it. So like, why can I no longer do this? <laughs> so I signed up for 
not using it anymore. Exactly. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that is some real shit. You lose it. But yeah. Like, like, when you was grooving in uh, Nashville, we're all there. I was like, okay, (laughs) this white girl is, like, hitting this better than me. And, like, I used to be a fucking professional dancer. Like, I need to get my shit together. Because, baby girl, you losing it. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But, yeah, like, I wanted to, like, I keep, I was thinking, I was talking to my husband about this. And, like, I invest so much money in the businesses and the companies and whatever. But I don't invest any money. Like, I I said, I haven't had a vacation since 2016. The car I drive, although it's nice and everyone thinks it's so expensive, like, me and my husband buy hit cars fix them and then drive them or sell them. So like we get stuff for pennies on the dollar and that's even an overstatement. But um, like the things we have, they're all for the greater good or the long-term goal. None of it's for like my immediate happiness or like sense of self or spiritual, you know, calling. So like you have to make time for that. You can't neglect yourself. And it's, it's, it's easier said than done because when you are such a businesswoman and you do have so many projects and you are trying to get a lot of things up and running it's always you think this is just a small sacrifice right now once i get this up and running then i can be able to go ahead and go on this vacation or do this shirt i used to think the opposite where i'm like well life is too short i could die fucking tomorrow i can die in my sleep i could not wake up so why would i uh neglect myself of having that uh happiness where the business I might want to do could take me five years to get to that mm-hmm. point. Like, it doesn't make any sense. That's true. But there's a balance to be able to do both yes. if you are able to sit there and do that. That's, That's yeah. where it comes that down it's, to. It is a balance. Like, I think about, like... Okay, I haven't gone anywhere since 2016. So that's been like five years of a season of sacrifice. I always talk about that. Like, uh, I'm in a season of sacrifice. I can't go out with you for drinks. I can't do I'm in a season of sacrifice and building a house. Shit's expensive. Mm-hmm. But if there's something mm-hmm. as small as a $15 dance class that happens on a Thursday night you where I'm not going that. live somewhere else, I'm going to take my, I'm going to take it. That's, that's some me time and, and I need, need it. That. Yeah. And it's something that you enjoyed doing. It's something that is a part of who you are as a person. So when you start to neglect yourself of things that make you who you are, that's not going to help you mentally to even have the motivation to want to continue to do all of your other business or dreams or goals or aspirations. Because then you're now you're just neglecting yourself. And yes, you think of, well, I have to worry about this person and this person and this person and this person. Well, you can't worry about those if you're not taking care of you first. And that could be, like you said, taking a dance class. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, it's $15. Cool. So be it. Whatever. You're not making any money off of it. You're not making any content from it Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, I can film this. No, it's strictly solely for you and your being. And there, I'm I'm proud that you're doing that. Because you are very the type of person <laughs> that you're like, oh well, right now I'm building a house, but maybe when I'm done building the house, I can go on a trip mm-hmm. or like. But I will say this: I don't care what you say or what you doing. You are going to turn up in March for my 30th. I don't care what business goals, aspirations, if the house is You mean you're going to turn up? Nobody's going down there for your birthday. No, we're not going. No, not. No, 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 girl. We ain't going. We ain't. Hell no, we ain't doing it. We either going to Vegas or we going to Cancun. One of those two. 
because I'm we. It don't even matter. Okay, it does matter because it's definitely not gonna be where I am. Cause ain't nobody thought you come here. But aside from where I am, it don't matter where it's gonna be because you ain't got no choice. Don't be there. Don't be there. You got no choice. Like <laughs> none. <laughs> I don't want like. Oh well, you know, right now I just have sex work CEO, and then I have the house. It's like almost finished. Being gone, be like, bitch. And- do you think you do you think that you'll ever like I, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think that you'll ever not have a thing? Like do you think that there's ever like a no. period where you'll be like retired and do nothing? No. Yeah, me either. Not at all. I'm too much of a person that is always I can do that and then I have to go see if I can do that. Same. And then I have um like me and Bluebird we're still very very close in each other's lives and he always sits there and gives me a business perspective on how to monetize hobbies Mm -hmm. and how to try to turn them into a financial um, gain. So never, I can be 60 years old and I will still sit there and have some type of hobby. Like it just, it's, it's literally in my blood to always try to do something creative and it's either live streaming, like having a podcast or having a YouTube channel or, doing something with my hands or write it's never I, if i do then i'm zombied out on drugs probably like it would not be me in my right mind i think it sounds beautiful to just to not work and live a life of hobbies or like things you love doing but not have to monetize them like i hope i get to a point where i've reached a level of success where I, i'm not concerned financially and i could just do what my heart wants me to do. My concern is that what my heart will want me to do is business. <laughs> so, <It's> exactly. <laughs> I don't like, know, no. but it sounds but like an amazing business. experience. <laughs> I think if you're making like Jeff Bezos type money mm-hmm. or Elon Musk type money, then it's like, yeah, this is just like a little, it's a small, like this is a small business. It's just something that I literally do just for like, a, like a once t- once in a time type of opportunity versus when you're not making Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos type of money, anything that you put your time into, you're trying to turn it into so you can make money mm-hmm. like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in your DNA to monetize something that you enjoy doing, but I think it would be a different level because it wouldn't yeah. be something that you're depending on to make you uh, not successful, but financially at that goal that you're trying to reach, whatever yeah. number that may be, because everyone's number is always different. Yeah. So that's something to to put into perspective too. But I see you 80 years old, <laughs> still at the car shows, again <laughs> with a flying yeah. Porsche, probably by then. <laughs> no one, Elon, Porsche. will figure out. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. No, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And I try to like, when shit gets really hard or I do feel overwhelmed, I try to put in perspective, like if I just, if the only thing I accomplish, like financially speaking, is building my house completely in cash where it's paid off, then I've won. Like I'm 30 years old and I I own my house, my property outright, and I'm debt free. And I'm going to start, you know, my future and my family from that baseline of like financially sound, then I win. Like that's, that's enough, I think. It's so not for you, want, but that would knowing be that you won is the house. That's when you're like, you can sit there and say, damn, I made it. That's bare minimum. That's definitely not. 
damn, I made it. But that's like, I, uh, I did enough to like die happy and feel sound in my soul. But like, no, is that like my ultimate goal? But you're not satisfied. No, I'm not satisfied. But that would, I could gotcha. be content, but I'm not satisfied. I want to, gotcha. I want to make. I only ask that because I know like your upbringing, people might look at you and be like, damn, this bitch is so rich. <laughs> like she's so successful, which you, you are very successful. And I like to think you're rich. And <laughs> she low-key sponsors this podcast unofficially <laughs> because we're always, always plugging in those brands, but ain't getting a check. <laughs> no. Just kidding. So accurate. But- <laughs> Um, but um knowing your upbringing it's you weren't sped a silver spoon Mm -hmm. and had everything handed to you at all as people are going to assume and think because of just how you look and your success or how you look to the internet I should say yeah but I know that some people can sit like I had this conversation the other day I was like wow I look back to my upbringing and my childhood and to where I am now. And I sit here and I think, fuck, like, damn, bitch, you made it. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, I'm nowhere near where I think making it truly is. But from where I came from, technically, this is making it like I'm no longer poor. Like I cannot I I can no longer keep saying, oh, I'm poor because I'm I'm not poor Mm -hmm. anymore at all. Just financially it i'm just not in that at all low middle class very low middle class but not poor but it's like that mindset of what makes you think like yeah i made it like yeah for me oh yeah i made it but then realistically i'm like no i didn't make it so with you with your home you're like yeah you know it's and to do it in cash yeah that's the thing and to have the land and to do it with your own bare hands on top of it is com- like, ain't nobody doing all that. I love building. I love DIY. I love like building furniture, but bitch, you ain't catching me building uh, my dream three, what is it? 3,000 square feet? It's like 55. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big old hole in the ground right now, but no, that's like. <laughs> That, that's definitely like for a time we didn't have a home like we we were right. homeless for a short mm-hmm. time we had our home foreclosed on and another separate occasion we I used to stay up late with my mom with her chain smoking while we made sure our car didn't get repoed like that's my upbringing right. so for me I think that's where if I know I have the home it's paid for in cash no one can take it from me that means my family exactly. always has somewhere to go and that for me is something that would be enough it's not what yes. I want but it would be enough Yes, I can see that. I, I I see a lot of myself in you because we have a lot of similar upbringings and a lot of the same kind of goals and desires as to being uh, women in this industry and trying to build a career out of it versus it being kind of like a, what pays your bills. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, a job, I guess, just over broke, a uh, job mm-hmm. uh, type of situation. But it's nice to know that your way of knowing you made it isn't necessarily based off of 
luxury or material materialistic things. And someone can say a house is materialistic, but for us coming from where we came from, a house is stability. Mm -hmm. It's peace of mind. Yeah. Exactly. Where you don't have to worry about being homeless or someone increasing the rent Mm -hmm. and you can no longer afford to pay for it or someone going through the trauma of people getting shot and murdered in your apartment. Like, there's a lot. So it's just nice to hear and see you working towards that. Um, it, I know it's definitely not easy, even though you make everything in your life look so seamless and so easy to do. Social media does it's, that. It's not real. <laughs> and then I forget, too, it's probably Selena posting, making you look consistent mm-hmm. all day, too. Sure is. Sure is. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bitch, how you posting? Like, I'm trying to stay. I'm like, oh, it's Selena. Yeah. <laughs> it's it not is. her. It is. I've been on calls back to back for seven hours. I have no life right. like, to be on social. It's Selena. <laughs> Selena. I can always tell when you're responding to me and when it's Selena responding to me. And I'm like, oh, look at Selena right now working. Get her hustle on. Yes. But um, no, but like, I think the, those type of things are something that should be a knowledge and um, I guess praise you for because Yes, everyone's going to sit there and praise you for the limelight and you winning awards through companies and you starting your businesses. But I think the true accomplishments, not to take away from any of that, because that is definitely hard work and great, too. But it's just getting it's going from being that poor, broke kid to being a woman who is really making kind of breaking that generational curse. And making it where your family has somewhere to look, to know that they have somewhere to call home or to go to forever. Mm -hmm. And that is not as easy as people may think it is when you come from a background of not having the privilege or the handouts to do it. Because it's really easy to fall out of that goal driven and then you start seeing money mm-hmm. maybe i don't want to be responsible and try to buy a home i want to fucking go buy i want to go out and spend 200 dollars at a restaurant because i've never been able to do that before i can never afford to do that i i want to go and i don't know buy a louis vuitton purse because i never in my life thought i would ever own a louis vuitton purse just yeah. the smallest i've had those like moments that, you know? like actually when i moved to tennessee so with the house me and uh, my now husband are we're living in in Illinois was like one of those like upper middle class like subdivision like two th- over two thousand square feet little pop up you know on a cul de sac kind of mm. things. It was really nice. It was mm-hmm. the nicest thing I'd ever lived in. And then when we moved to Tennessee, like we sold all our stuff. We we had just gotten married too, which was expensive. So we sold all our stuff. Mm-hmm. We sold my Mercedes. We sold we sold our my Mercedes to put in a water well so we could have water to our double wide trailer. So like when people like most of the industry people that were exposed to me as like Melrose Michaels and with my brand, you've seen me from like 2019 to 2020 and all of the content too that my fans have watched. Like that was filmed in a double wide trailer. Like that's where I was in my season of sacrifice, saving money to be able to start building a home with cash. Like I think that social media paints such a pretty picture of what's going on. And I don't ever want to help facilitate, like you have to do it for your fans and for this exactly. how you generate traffic, but the reality, the brand, yeah. yeah, but the reality is there, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people don't know. And I had that exact moment where I have a Louis Vuitton bag, only one. I don't 
I definitely don't own shoes because I'm not about to walk on that kind of money. But <laughs> I had one bag right. to like my I made it bag, you know. And uh, I told I was crying to my husband. I'm like, I shouldn't have this bag because I don't have the three thousand uh-huh. dollars to put inside of it that this bag cost me. Uh-huh. And until I have the money that could go that should be inside this bag, I shouldn't have this bag. So after uh-huh. that, uh, we sold sold that sold all of our nice things. Mercedes, all the things. And we started small. I didn't get my nails done. I didn't get eyelash extensions. I was doing it myself. I downgraded my whole life so that I could get back to baseline and save the money for the bigger picture. And now Mm -hmm. fast forward, we're halfway there and we're living a lot more comfortable now and what have you, but it's not lost on me. Like I'm not going to run out and buy a Louis Vuitton bag one because I don't need it, but two, because I'm still not in a place that's that comfortable that I would walk around with three grand in my bag. I never do that anyway, but you get the point. Like it's just, I get it. Yeah. The, the, what's important because there's a lot of people that have expensive bags, but ain't got no money in it at all. Like bank bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's because there's been times, especially in the industry where you feel like you almost have to live that lifestyle because that's kind of the image that is portrayed to persuade more people to join you because there is that side of the industry. I'm not going to, there's glamour. There is glamour, but, I wouldn't say that is the majority of uh, every creator in the industry's lifestyle. That's like the the 1%. It's like the Beyonce's and the Mm Jay-Z's. Like not everyone's going to be walking around like Bay and Jay. But like if, I mean, I could, I could technically, I I could go get a purse, but what am I going to do? Have a maxed out Amex card in there? And then go where? Like where we live? Where are we going to go? card though like and yeah. I, got a, I got one of the good amex card like all my credit cards are like the top of the line that don't mean though that i'm balling that don't mean i can i can look like i'm successful doesn't mean that i am mm-hmm. and then you can be the complete opposite where you look like you don't make no money and you be the one to sit there and can buy out the whole entire property mm-hmm. like it, it just goes both ways but there's nothing wrong with treating yourself either i don't want that um image to be put out there you can definitely treat and take care of yourself but it's about knowing what is important it wasn't and what isn't important when you go from a background like ours of poverty to a place where you could buy that stuff doesn't necessarily mean that you should but that yeah. you could that's where the little line comes in mm-hmm. so i agree it's always nice especially of your caliber um your mindset is 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 uh grounded versus a lot of people that are on your caliber they are more on like let me not say from what i've seen are on the glamorous side more so Mm -hmm. and then you're on the opposite spectrum and it's just like a breath of fresh air to see someone that is like oh okay they're living like a normal lifestyle they're like yeah you you promote your like your car you should shit hell Mm -hmm. yeah you work hard for that shit show it off but it's not like overly glamorized where you think oh they making that money hell yeah let me let me sign up Mm -hmm. type of thing Mm -hmm. if if my thoughts are making sense it is it's funny because like i think the biggest compliment i ever got was from saint and he's like you know mel you're really simple like you're a simple girl (laughs) i've had a lot of nice things in my life i've also lost a lot of nice things like when i first came up in the webcam space like i was a top 20 model i was making more money Uh than i ever thought i would make in my life 
And, you know, Uh everyone was getting iPads for Christmas and I was spending it. I wasn't saving it. I wasn't saving for taxes. So I know Uh what it's like to make a lot of money and then to have webcam stop paying you like that. Like then you're starting back at zero and I had nothing to show for it. So like I've kind of done the Phoenix from the ashes things. I have lost it all. I had had to start over, but I'm smarter for it now. And I've done things more properly now so that I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But yeah, you, you live and you learn. That's kind of the way it goes. Very true. Very, very true. Well, nonetheless, I'm proud of you Thank with everything you. that you're doing. Uh, it's, and I keep saying it because you swear to God, you make me even feel like, oh, shit, is she doing it? I can, let me add this. And you are very persuading at making someone feel like they can do something, like even with uh, our last meeting earlier this week, where I really was like, I, I went in that night and I started writing everything down. I'm like, okay, like, Bitch, you, I think you can do both. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you can. Like, okay, just work it like this. And then I'm like, fucking Mel, always making someone think that they're, that they're super. Fun. I should be a motivational, like, speaker. No, seriously, because the way that you, you can not convince, it's like you, you bring out what the person already has within themselves and you just remind them of what it is that they have and what they can offer. But you also, push them to go beyond what they're uh what they think they're capable of doing because honestly I probably would have been like nah there's just like I probably wouldn't even think to try to make they them both work because I'm afraid that I might fail in one and I'm a person that does not like to fail especially when someone put their name out for me that gives me more anxiety because now I can't make this person look bad because they that's put what I'm their neck out. That's why I keep throwing your or... name out there. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to fail? <laughs> I know you won't fail me because it's it's me. I put it on my reputation. That's why I'm like, I got a girl. <laughs> I got a girl for that. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> like, stop putting my name out there. What if I fuck it up? But it's not on you. At least if I put my own neck out there, then I'm just fucking up my own name. But now I'm fucking up my name and your name. <laughs> I have faith. I know you're not going to fuck. I think people, like, people notoriously sell themselves short. Uh, I, I'm, I'm probably the opposite just because I, I have an insane amount of belief in myself most of the time because my mom mm-hmm. told me I could do everything and I believed her uh, growing up. But whenever I see someone telling like feeling like they can't accomplish more or that they don't have the time, it's like, it's usually a time management thing. It's like, if you can find the time if you really want to do it. So just, if you really want to do it, I think it's possible. Uh, but I'm also someone yeah. who takes on way too many things at once. So. Yeah. And you're, I, I'm, I'm finding myself to be like a little mini you where <laughs> oh like the next thing you know, I'm going to announce, Hey guys, I have my own clothing line. <laughs> Get a girl. Get a girl. No, no, I could, I could never, if I'm going to have a clothing line, I need to be the one that's designing the items, like with like sketching it out with my bare hands, sewing it. Like, I, you know me, if I do a project, I have to do it. Like it has to come out looking like a, a, professional production team with like millions of dollars behind unfortunately that's how a lot of businesses are coming out these days it's no longer coming out where it looks kind of rough and choppy in the beginning and then you you kind of grow and you see the growth it's things are coming out professional as fuck polished like it's a lot of pressure to try to match up to that and 
me already being a perfectionist and wanting something to look perfect and then trying to feel like I have to go rent like a $5,000 a month studio for myself for no one to listen I'm but bad I would about be that the one too. to do it. Yeah, I, I'm bad about it. wanting it to be such high quality and high production value that it almost, it's yes. hindered me from not even pursuing from doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was telling you with the pot. I'm like, just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. You'll be I glad know, you did. Just I do it know. anyway. I mean, I will say I do enjoy, like, I love, as you know, I love fucking talking. I can talk <laughs> all day, every day, someone's ear off. And... It's just something I've always wanted to do. So I was like, why not just do it? But I always put it off because I'm like, I don't have the studio. I don't, the vision that I see when I think of my podcast, the studio is not here right now, you know, like the vibe of it, but you just, you just have to start. And when you start, it will flourish Mm -hmm. into something bigger. Well, that's the plan anyway. So It will. It has to start small. Start small, like like a newborn baby, mm-hmm. and then it will blossom into a grown adult That's right. who is 30 <laughs> in life. <laughs> well, before we wrap things up, um, I'd like to ask everyone kind of what they're currently listening to music-wise um, and, like, what's on your go-to playlist. Uh, right now, I'm obsessed with a few songs. Uh, let me actually pull them up so that I get it right. So, Flowers and Sex, which I found on TikTok. Love that song. Mm. Um, And then also, I just found this one. It is called 20 Energy, and I think you'd really like it, actually. Um, That's the name of the song, 20 Energy? Yeah, it's called 20 20 Something Energy or 20 Energy. Hold up, let me pull it up. It is called... I'm going to send you a screenshot of it, too. 20 Energy by Omar the Seraph. I might be messing that up. Hmm. Okay. Okay. There it is. Girl, uh, I can't afford that. <laughs> Twenty energy. <laughs> hey, I go hit me with like, hey, run me a check. I heard my song on your palm. I'll be like, did you guys even say that? Don't know that you listen. But you think I'm the man? Yeah, those are the ones right now. Uh, Flowers and sex and twenty energy on repeat. Her. All right. Well, I will have those two songs listed on the Spotify playlist as well. Uh, every week, there's a new song or two added, um, just like a curated playlist. I love music, so I love uh, stealing other people's vibes. I like that. Know I like that. But you, I'm so sorry. I kept I kept playing with my hair this whole time, but girl, this ponytail is so goddamn tight. <laughs> I felt like my head was going to. Explode. <laughs> wondering I'm like we only talked for a super long time so I'm like girl I know that's why I was like I was keeping track of the time I was like listen all right now this I will lose we have gone hours so like let me keep track that's funny <laughs> this will be a Joe Rogan experience yeah. podcast it's low-key kind of is that and I remember Joe I love you because of fear factor but I was like, this motherfucker's podcast is too long. Who the fuck is going to listen to three plus the whole hours? world? Literally. <laughs> and then I was like, I would never. My podcast is going to be like 45 minutes to an hour max. And then literally all of them have been over. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's very. Um, and where can everyone find you? Um, so I'm Melrose Michaels on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is verified. And then on TikTok, it's Melrose underscore Michaels. Um, and everything else you can find at MelroseMichaels.com. 
Perfect. And I'll have everything linked in below. And as y'all heard her, she verified on Instagram. So you know she's somebody to be verified. I'm nobody. I'm nobody. (laughs) Don't let her fool you. Okay. She she got imposter syndrome for real. Accurate. Well, as always, um, oh, and also too, you can find her merch line at shopnetworthy.com. And then you can find Sex Work CEO at sex, S-W-C-E-O dot. Sex Work no, CEO it's dot com, Sex yeah. Work. Yes, yeah, sorry. Spelled no, out. It's Sex Work CEO dot com. That's right. Um, and that'll take you everywhere there. And you might see me on those platforms mm-hmm. just saying. Mm-hmm. Might be, like I said, unofficial sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. I love you. I care about you. And. Now I need someone to go sponsor me to go to Exotica, New Jersey in like two months. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I love you as well. Hopefully one day I can be an actual official sponsor. Um, but until then, <laughs> I'll just have to... Uh, until keep... then it's unofficial. Yeah, I'm going to just keep providing opportunities and making you busy. <laughs> I'll keep the invoice tab going. Don't there you worry. Go. There you I'll go. calculate it. <laughs> Running tab. <laughs> All right, well, this has been another episode of Chaotic Madness, and we'll see you guys all next week. Toodles!